Yeah, so welcome to, I think this is the 10th interview episode of the uh, DNR Community Spotlight Show, and I'm here with Xavier. Hi. Hi, it's good to be here. Yeah, I think this should be fun. So I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. So basically, we're not doing the um, Xavier Donovan Actoronis character chat. We're doing the Xavier as a fan of DNR thing. So I've got kind of the normal questions that I ask everybody that comes on here. Um, And then a couple different ones, but it's mostly just like what you think about different things on the show. And um, these first couple, I ask every single person that's on here, which is uh, when and how, sorry, when and how did you find Dungeons and Randomness? Um, I'm not sure if I've answered that one on record before I, f- I think i did but it might have been lost and like an unused behind the scenes uh, it might be I, in the character chat but i don't it might be <laughs> if it's old news well i mean here we go again yeah um i was working at a company called nerdcore in vancouver and i we didn't have access to um like YouTube or any any streaming services for music or anything. So all we had was uh, everybody's iTunes libraries of like their connected iPods uh, back in the day. And I stumbled on someone's library. Um, uh, Lawson was his name. I don't remember his last name, but Lawson, if you're listening, still listening to DNR, uh, it's all thanks to you because I, I just jumped in. I listened to the first two episodes, I think. The first episode in there was like episode three, probably. Uh, and then I, I listened from three and on, and then I managed to find episodes one and two on my own. But that was just, yeah, happenstance. I just found a... I didn't listen to any other D&D podcast before. Yeah, so a couple things. Um, one, yeah, iPod, that's kind of funny these days. I mistakenly like thought this was really future-proof technology, and the gift I got my wife when we had our daughter was an iPod. And <laughs> oh, that's, that's not a good gift. <laughs> how, how things move fast. Yeah, they do. But we have a listener out there who's listening to this right now on a Microsoft Zoom. So, um, we do? Yeah, that's, that's Steve, oh. the wiki guy. Oh, he okay, has, great. He has everything on a Zoom. Oh, so, Don't yeah. change. Steve, never change. <laughs> it's fun. Um, There's something else I was going to say to that, but I forgot. So we'll keep going. It'll come um, back. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, I remember. It's not surprising episode one and two were left off of that, but that's okay. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't remember. Maybe I didn't play them first, but like, we'll leave that for speculation. Yeah. Um, okay, so you started listening at three. Did did that like immediately hook you or was work just kind of slow and it's like, I'm going to just keep listening to these or was there a particular episode where you're like really into it and you, you knew it was a thing you were going to keep going with? Yeah, um, I don't know the first episodes. I may have like skipped through a bunch just to kind of like see like, oh, when are they going to fight or something like that? Because I... Like anytime I listen to a new, th- a new thing with more than two people, it's hard to like keep track of who's who. And my my like first memory I have of like really sticking with DNR is, and I keep going back to that scene over and over because my favorite scene of the whole show, I think. But like when um, Jake is introduced in the show, uh, and they all go to Winter Haven, and there's the like twenty minutes 
scene where Jake is trying to lie to the group and Jake in real life is just so uh, 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 like what's the word frazzled by the yeah. whole thing and it's just it's the funniest funniest thing to me I just love that so much and that's when I was like okay I love these guys and everyone's funny Jason's a great DM too like uh, yeah that, that was the point I'm pretty sure yeah I, I haven't ha- heard that one on here a lot of people point at um, like the burn hollow episode or like okay. the time jump so still early group one stuff a lot of times but um yeah, yeah. I, don't th- I think when i started listening the time jump wasn't even out yet yeah that's that's probably right so mm. <laughs> um that's fun um okay so you started listening at early group one and you you enjoyed that so like how did you feel about the way like early group one interacted at the time like how did you feel about it i i was i, I was really on board like uh, again i had no other point of comparison so it was it, it really had that feeling of like just a group of friends uh just playing D, which i didn't mind that was kind of what i was looking for too and it had like it has its own identity too like of course of course we we compare it to like dnr today because it's the same show but i think like it it can live on its own, like in the past. Uh, there's there's a lot that's fun to go back to, but I don't think I could listen to a group like that now, uh, like after all the, the progress the show has made. But it's still, I'm still a big fan of like early group two, uh, group two, group one. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I got a yeah, bias. It's it's definitely really different, and I think um, it's weird that like I like really both of them, but um yeah it's it's really really different and i don't know i i think it's a, a big adjustment for listeners because we have a lot of people that come on in arc two and then you go back to that early group one mm-hmm. and especially the first few episodes are a little yeah it's rough so sometimes <laughs> but uh, when i'm like looking for something to listen to um, especially at work and like I don't feel like listening to music or new stuff. I always go back to old group one episodes, like ones that I'm familiar with just so it like, it's, you know, just background noise, but like, it's something I, I can almost sing along to it. Cause there's some episodes I like, I really listen often. So like that, mm-hmm. that Jake episode, like I think it's uh, Overdale days and winter Haven. And I think it's episode nine. It's probably the episode I, I, I listen to the most. Yeah, the, um, and like the whole Drock arc, I go always go back to it too. There's definitely something about those two because you can kind of zone out a little bit on some of it because it's like a long combat here and there, but then mm-hmm. there's like really funny lines that bring you back into it and yeah. you just kind of laugh along and remember what it was like. So I get that. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you picked up this iPod library and started listening, and then at some point. I guess you decided you wanted to be part of the show. Um, how did that happen? Like, what steps did you take to get on the show? Uh, so I, I played the long con uh, to get on the show because uh, officially I got in on the show with the first casting call that they made, and I like that was the first time I actually did like any uh, like a- any official like trying to get on the show because they asked for audio clips stuff like that that's when i did it but i tried to like contact the the cat not the cast but like the the community at first by uh trying to 
like make some fan arts. That's the first time I really like just sent anything out there. My first drawing was, uh, I think Rob was the one who called like, it would be funny to have a beach episode like drawing or fan arts for, 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 for whatever, for DNR. And that's what I just threw, threw up there. And uh, Jason and the cast really liked it. And so that's when Jason hit me up and he wanted to do some, some, some trailers for uh, stuff he had planned. So like the, all the Carter arc, uh, he hit me up to do uh, a thing or two for that. And from then on, like we we had established communication, and like me behind the scenes was like, all right, someday I'll I'll try to maybe try to get in on that. But it turned out there was an official channel for that 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 came up, and it I didn't I didn't try to use. And the fact that I knew them, like uh, in my advantage, like to my advantage, I just went along with the like anyone else through the emails and waiting the rounds. Yeah, I I wasn't listening back then it's it's kind of like you go through this stuff now and it's like there's a casting call and i think people still like send things in but those casting calls were like five years ago or something so yeah and it's changed too the way we like yeah new 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 players and i'm not like i don't even know what Bree and jason do like it's really on their end so i know it's not that anymore yeah i think they they still accept there's an email where they still accept those things mm-hmm. but the last couple players have come out of like the patreon games i think so Mm, true yeah it's Um, like an incubator yeah i think well it totally makes sense to take people that you know how they are and that they're not crazy and like you've played with them for a while i think that totally makes sense so no absolutely um okay uh those those are kind of standard ones um so something a little bit different and i think when i asked you about this like Theriathon had just happened. Sorry, I'm having a little trouble with the word Theriathon because there's yes. this thing Theriacon that we've been doing lately, and uh, it's confusing. <laughs> oh, what's uh, okay? I'll I'll, I'll look that up. Uh, like I'm not familiar with the Theriacon. Yeah, look at it's it. okay. It's uh, like the, a bunch of us on the Discord are doing a thing in October where we're we've set up like 13 D and D and like Call of Cthulhu and My Little Pony games in a couple days and um, yeah <laughs> in person or through discord they're they're all on like fantasy grounds and roll okay and stuff. okay cool yeah so anyway i've i've been organizing that for the last like week and a half and so the, a lot of my time has been looking at that spreadsheet of theriacon games oh man so now it's hard to say the word theriathon but that's okay <laughs> well i find theriathon just hard to pronounce just by default <laughs> yeah um okay so i think when I asked you about this, it was right after Theriathon, and we had a couple um, deaths on the show, and then there were a couple in um, your group, although they didn't really stick for mm-hmm. whatever that's worth. So um, what is your perspective on character death on the show? Um, were you particularly upset by, like, Braylon's death at Theriathon? Theria- mm. He was kind of Actoronis's buddy for a while. Yeah. So, Yeah uh yeah well uh, to answer the first part of your question um well i mean uh, we're i don't know if there's a a, a leaderboard for that but I'm pretty sure dnr's got top top place for the amount of like player death right it's gotta be i um, mean arc one for sure and then like 
somebody, I don't want to mention names, me, might have said something about like nobody's died on arc two at all <laughs> in 40 oh. whatever episodes. And then we lost Larg and then the crazy fire wagon thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's always when some like, it's always when someone brings it up. It's always, always, always. But uh personally, I think for the kind of story DNR's telling, I think there's the right amount of character death. It's not fun when it happens to you, but I I kind of like it. Like to be honest. Like if any of my characters died, which they did, um I don't mind it if it's not like too weird, or if it, or if it, if it feels calculated, but it never did. So like I'm super fine with like with the way most characters have died too. I I think the like the 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 death with any deaths with like no roles for them. I'm always apprehensive at first, uh, but I th- like um you know any any time someone gets backstabbed, man, but it's like a story death. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'm, no no particular ones we're talking about here. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like most of them have been handled well too. So, because I'm always afraid it's gonna take away some player agency. But the way some of them happened were were, were handled well. Uh, maybe like the Thoral one was kind of weird because it happened so suddenly, and they knew, but we didn't. So I feel like yeah. some some listeners were kind of like felt wronged by this but other than that i don't think i think yeah i think the death is just right just enough spice okay. <laughs> um i was just thinking as we're going along your your former group two is is not looking so good these days <laughs> no right um, they were, weren't doing too bad but it's really it's really not looking great right now so i think who's left is it just calden um era love yeah era love right 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Um, did you know, I think this might have been on the character chat and I don't remember. Did you have any idea that, like, what would happen to Actoronis at the seal beforehand? Or No, I didn't know. I didn't think about it, but it made so much sense. It was so logical that it happened like that. So, like, when, it, when, when Jason described it, I was like, yes, of course he would, like, stop working. But I, I had no idea that would happen. I was so eager to release the gods too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Um, so yeah, the second part, uh, and we can do the third part too, which is basically, are there any deaths on the show that have hit you really hard? And I guess, is Braylon like an example of one of those? Yeah, or... yeah it is. Um, but I, I, I kind of... I, I got on my phone to see, like, oh, I wonder what the Theriathon's up to. Like, I wanted to check in on it because we weren't, Group A wasn't part of it. So I managed to just, like, open up and look, I see in chat, and it's just like, I get spoiled Larg and Brillen's death just through chat. And I was like, yeah, well, that's my bad. So listening to it, it lessened the blow for sure. Uh, I, I think I would have been way more upset by it or sad, sad by it. But I was kind of like ready already. But yeah, for sure. Like Berlin is such a character that would never die in my head. Like he lives on forever. Um and just Yeah, I talked about like the backstabbing deaths earlier, but like the um, the ones where it's just like you get hit by a car with no warning and you're just dead. Yeah, uh, like so a big dragon just like 
one shots you it's just like oh man those are rough those are brutal you no time for last words no time for nothing it's just dead it's like oh poor Braylon. yeah um, i it's kind of awkward because like if you're writing a story you probably wouldn't you know like for example kill a major character <laughs> to like some kobolds on the side of the road or something right so yeah yeah, yeah. but D is different so yeah these things happen at odd times <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like a point people make often too is that like people come back to life often. And that's true. This happened often, especially in Arc 2, just because like of Group A uh, and some of Larg 2. But like I like that we get the chance to maybe continue a character's story if it makes sense to bring him back. Like if it mechanically works, if like the right elements are in place. But I hope we see more deaths that are permanent too, just so that we can like balance them out. Yeah, uh, I think. But I that, also hope that Braylon comes back. Yeah, <laughs> I think that might get interesting as you guys get higher level and the mechanical stuff changes a bit because you should have more resurrection ability in the parties, I would think. Yeah, a little so. bit. Uh, but um, I really like Jason's roll of the dice thing because like i rolled really well for donovan's resurrection of masoka yeah uh, so it was like both unharmed like everything's great but it's just a flat d20 so like it can go anyway and larg got kind of a good one too he got the one where he's just like well you enjoy causing pain now so it just fits with this new like angry angry hulk larg yeah uh, which was great but like there's still like 18 others that we don't know what they are and they could be very in interesting too so i'm also curious to like attempt those yeah i mean i don't know what's on the list but theoretically you could end up with something that like i don't want to play this character anymore even though they're back yeah that's possible so, yeah okay um i think that's pretty much it for the dnr stuff so mm -hmm. um the next question is, do you listen to other podcasts? I think you said you didn't listen to other D&D podcasts before this one. Mm -hmm. um, do you now? Do you listen to other stuff? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I need my my D&D &D fix. Uh, <laughs> so, like, a few of the big ones, like uh, Adventure Zone, I'll listen to it. I'm not caught up with the new stuff. Well, I did listen to uh, most of it. Uh, I used to listen to Harmontown a lot. Uh, which I don't, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I could go back to it. I haven't stopped really. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. I haven't heard that one, no. Okay, uh, it's uh, basically it's Dan Harmon's podcast. He's a writer of Rick and Morty and uh, Community and stuff like that. And he like just he's got a big he's got a big ego, uh, so he just has his own podcast and like he has guests over. And there's always a part where they play D, D around the end of the of the game their dungeon master is great too uh and there are a bunch of comedians there so like it's always really fun to listen to isn't there some like official uh, wizards of the coast rick and morty stuff now i thought they did a book or yeah something. they did an edition or yeah a book i think yeah but i, I think looked that patrick up. rothfuss was involved with it i think okay because i he's an author that i like a lot so i think that's why i know about that but oh cool yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at it at all. That could be fun for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I haven't listened to a Critical Role at all. If, like I know everybody like keeps recommending it. There, there's this guy at, at work who like really pushes it. So I'm like, I'll give it a shot at some point. But I still haven't 
got into it. Yeah, that oh. one comes up in the Discord a lot, and mm -hmm. some people like it a lot, and then other people, like I think including me, have tried like 10 episodes or so, and maybe it's just trying to do it as a podcast instead of the video thing, but mm -hmm. like it doesn't, it didn't work for me, but I've also tried like 30 D&D podcasts, and yeah. I, I only listened to two, so. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to change the next one just a little bit. Um, are you playing any other games? I th I think you DM a game, but mm -hmm. I could be wrong about that. Um, but are you are you playing other games too, or just the DNR game? Um, uh, yep, I'm I'm playing uh, Curse of Strahd right now. Uh, a friend of mine here in Montreal is uh, DMing it. Uh, I'm playing a. I tried the Xanathar's uh, Divine Soul Sorcerer variant. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to build a uh, a classic Final Fantasy uh, uh, white mage. So very bad build, but very fun to play. It's just like healing stuff and protection stuff and like poison cures. I have like two attack spells total. Uh, it's tough. It's a tough game. <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah, I, I've played one of those a little bit. And I, I thought it was pretty fun because you could do a lot of stuff. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting. So, like, is that mostly? I'm guessing that's a lot different than a than a DNR session. So, yeah. is it mostly dungeon crawly stuff and like just fun with friends? Is that how that one works? Or yeah, well, there's um, the part that uh, DNR played for Curse of Strahd is basically like a tutorial, like uh, level. Uh, it's yeah. just a, it's just a really tough like haunted house dungeon crawl and it's really brutal uh, we managed to like get past that i thought the whole like uh, module was going to be just that all the time but as soon as you leave that house it just opens up and now it's just like open world and you got like quests and you go out there and you meet like tons of npcs you can do tons of role play so uh the players i'm playing with are very there's this one guy who's really into his character and he's playing a like you know a batshit crazy bard so we, we we follow him along and he's got his like real life little ukulele too so he's really into it some other players are really like more quiet just like oh you know i do this and whatever so it's a good mix it's a good mix of people and it's a smaller group too it's four players so it's oh. it's fun it, it, it it's different from recording DNR for sure. So it's a, it, it's more laid back. Yeah. Um. Do they? Do the other players? I assume they know you're on a D and D podcast. Uh, yeah, but nobody listened to it, so <laughs> I don't have the stress of knowing that they're listening or judging. But uh, okay. I tried to so push it for a while, but I don't think many of my friends have listened to DNR. Okay, so you're not like one. The professional one. in the room or anything. No, no, really not. <laughs> Okay. Um, so coming up like this week, and I don't think either of us are going to be there unless something changed for you. Uh, Dragon Con is coming mm -hmm. and that's a big deal for DNR. Um, you were there last year, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, what do you think about gaming conventions? Have you been to any other ones besides Dragon Con? Is it no, different? This is the, this yeah. is really is the only one I've been to. And I haven't really been on the gaming track too much when i went there okay um, so and i'm not a huge uh like tabletop games player outside of dungeons and dragons really like i casually 
dabble into other games. I own very few board games, uh, but I, like I'll I'll play. Like I, I'm down, but uh, yeah, I don't know much about the like the gaming scene. Okay. So, but it was fun. It was wow, man, Dragon Con's a blast. It was so much fun to go there, and I'll I'll for sure be there next year, uh, barring any unforeseen events. But yeah, I'm I'll be there next year, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Okay. Yeah, I think um, the unforeseen events is what got me this year because I had um, this is a rare year where I have like the Friday off of work because I don't teach on Fridays this year. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is going to work great. And I got the wife's clearance to do it. And then like a month ago, her friend scheduled she her wish for her 40th birthday was to go camping with us. So... <laughs> I had mm. to cancel my plans. <laughs> Obligations. I get yes. it. Yeah. Yes. So it's okay. These things but, happen. But yeah, but now you got some Dragon Con credits and you can cash them in next year. This is true. I, I have a little bit of credit with the wife for various things. I just have to be careful not <laughs> to cash it all in at once or like yeah, too yeah. early. Don't go so, all in. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, two questions left. Um, I think we might switch the order around. So, uh, besides like um, D and D and stuff, do you have other hobbies that you do? Other things you're interested in? Uh, I really want to say yes, but I'm like, trying to think about it. But uh, like you know, I I work in animation, so like yeah, for sure, anything animated is a big hobby of mine, uh, and and it's work. But like I'm just you know a big fan of that, and just video video games as well. Uh, I don't know if they count as hobby that much because they're so, you know, everywhere. Yeah, I think I think they do. So it's not niche. It's not niche anymore. Yeah, um, definitely not. Yeah, um, and I used to do improv too, but I don't anymore. So that would be cheating to say that I like improv is one of my hobbies. Uh, okay, there's a there's a thing I really want to get back to at some point in my life that I used to do uh, over ten years ago. Uh, which was uh, Japanese drums, taiko, and I done like I did that for four years, I think, and I was like that was a big part of my life then, and it just I miss it a lot, but there's just no time now, and my knees hurt, so <laughs> it would be hard to get back into it. But yeah, it's always been on my mind. Well, that's that's interesting. I hadn't really heard of that before, so yeah, I got one in. <laughs> um, just a quick animation thing. Uh, I mm-hmm. think you knew some people that worked on the Spider-Man movie that like everybody loved last year. Yeah, Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um have is there any kind of reaction to the like Marvel Spider-Man thing from this uh, week? I really didn't follow that. Uh I think people are well, I mean, people who worked on it are pro Sony for sure, because that's where yeah. they worked on it. So I really boy, I didn't follow that one. <laughs> like Hey, the Amazon's burning too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read up on that instead. Yeah, that might be a little bit of a bigger deal. Which yeah. <laughs> so I really, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I, I think some people are like very upset about it, but I would seem so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, okay. I'm just making the reboot. That's fine. We're used to that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think the the Amazon burning might be a good segue into the the last thing that we have on here, which is. Um, we're both vegan for various yeah. reasons. So, like, how did you end up there? 
Uh, yeah, this might be where the, the interview gets longer or not, depending on how much I ramble. Yeah, maybe we should just say, if you don't want to hear about this, we're done with DNR stuff now. So if you yeah. want to go away, that's fine. And we'll just talk about this for a little bit if you're interested. Yeah. So. And I won't get preachy too. Like, you can stay, sit and li- sit down and listen with us. Like, just hang out in the studio with us. Yeah. Um, but uh, to make a short story long, uh, well, the, the too long didn't read would be like, I watched Cowspiracy. My wife became vegan. And then two months later, I became vegan too. Like, that would be the, the bullet okay. point of like how it happened. Uh, but I like, it happened over time. Uh, and it didn't happen in a vacuum either. When we, oh, let's go back to the year two thousand and I don't know nine. Uh, okay. My my wife's really into uh, animal behavior science, and like she 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 she's like she loves animals. Like she's really into like yeah their behavior. Uh, anything that's just like evolutionary wise too, and like she's a huge dinosaur fan. Uh, so it's always been on the back of her mind, like animal consumption was always kind of like a, a weird, awkward thing to do because, like, of course you have to, like, you, know, you have to slaughter animals, you have to keep them in captivity, you have to like breed them. Uh, so for a while, like, we tried like humane stuff and like more like smaller farm stuff, and we kind of quickly realized that, like, as a bit, as more like a way to feel better about it than a way to do something about it. Uh, And yeah, it didn't last long. Uh, But instead of like going further in, we just kind of like went back to just like doing what we did before. just like not really caring about it anymore. Uh, And that's a couple years passed. And like that kind of malaise, is that a, is that an English word? A French English word? Yeah. Um, was like, yeah, uh, was still like present with us, and we when we moved to Vancouver, that's where we met a couple of friends, a wife and a husband, who were already vegan. In fact, all their all their family is uh, like his dad, his mom, his brother, his two brothers, his sister. They're all vegan because uh, his father had a serious heart condition, and his doctor was like, "We're out, we're out of medical options for you." Um, maybe you should consider consider going vegan for your heart. So they all kind of did it to support him. Uh, and they all like, it worked out great for him. They all became like marathon runners. All of them, they're e- extremely competitive with one another. So they all like started doing like, yeah, uh, cycling yeah. and running and stuff like that. And basically my friend is just like an, an uh, encyclopedia. Oh man, what's the word in English? Encyclopedia. Yes, there you go. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he, when he gets into something, he gets really into something. So like he would, he like he knows anything about anything he's obsessed with. So when I had questions about veganism for him, like he would have all the answers for me. So it was pretty easy for me to just hit him up and like go, oh, what about this? What about this? And he like on nutrition and like the eth- ethical aspect of it. And, like he would. Like he lives on Reddit, so like he he knows it all. Um, but then yeah, that's when we like we were weeks away from Cowspiracy, the 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 mythical movie that made everyone go vegan, like was about to come out. So we watched it. We sat down, my wife and I, and I think we watched also Forks Over Knives that yep. night. 
and Speciesism, the movie. Uh, and yeah. with these three movies, my wife just made the switch uh, like from one day to the other. She just became vegan. And it took me about two months to make the complete switch. I, at home, we would eat completely vegan. We like removed anything animal related. And um, I had this one like epif epiphany moment where I was like, yeah, you know, like I, tr I really tried my best. When I would go out and eat with my vegan friends, I would order something vegan too. Like I would really do my best to like, because the reason I like, I wanted to become vegan ultimately, but I kind of found it harder to just do the transition overnight. Like my wife did, because she's really into cooking. She's really into like trying new things. So like it was, it wasn't hard for, for, for us at home to make the, the switch. Uh, but she's also, she also kept reading about it a lot. So like uh, re re reading about animal behavior and like, all the environmental impacts that it had that I didn't like when I, that I didn't know about, I never thought about like just the simple fact that you have to feed animals to then eat. It's just such a weight of like farmland and water. Like it's so easy to understand once you get it, but you never think about it before. Yep. There's, uh, there's so much stuff out there. Like my, my daughter did a Girl Scout water conservation project mm -hmm. and like cows use so much water. Like every pound of cow is like 60 gallons of water or something ridiculous. Don't quote me on my stats if you're yeah, out yeah. there, but it's, it's easy it's, to look up though. Uh, yes, yeah, it yeah. is. It's a ridiculous number. And so like uh, my family is not vegan, but I am and they, they are at home because I do all the cooking, mm -hmm. but uh, my daughter quit eating pork and beef, which mm -hmm. is not super easy in the state of Iowa where there are uh, 10 times or more uh, pigs than there are people. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah. I can imagine for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a little awkward, but um, yeah. So I guess for me, like you mentioned the cycling and the running and stuff, like mm -hmm. I, I kind of came at it from that way because I, started cycling and running to get in shape like four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And then like, I have a friend who was like, Hey, I listened to this podcast with this ultra runner guy. And then I figured out like a lot of these ultra runners are vegetarians and vegan and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I started going that way. And like, I listened to the no meat athlete podcast and like rich rolls podcast. Mm -hmm. And those are, pretty good if i don't know if you've heard any of those but there's some good stuff on there yeah my friend was real big into ritual <laughs> yeah so i listened to those and i'm like well i'm gonna try the vegetarian thing and then like a year later it's like okay i might as well just do the vegan thing i'm ordering vegan stuff like everywhere i go anyway mm -hmm. and as i got into it it's like oh there's this animal part of it too and now maybe that part means more to me than the nutrition part because yeah. i think like nutrition wise if you eat like 80 percent plant-based you probably maxed out the health benefits yeah. of what you're gonna do um but like i drive by this place like every day where there's all these little pigs there and then you go by one day and all the little pigs are gone mm -hmm. and <laughs> it's it's really sad and so stuff like that kind of kind of pushed me the rest of the way so but it does take a lot of like educating yourself, like that transition you were talking about those couple months of like, what can I eat when I go out somewhere? And at first it feels like there's nothing. Yeah. And you have to kind of sort things out. So uh, 
Yeah, and I can imagine if you're like doing it on your own too, it must be like incredibly hard to do and like embarrassing maybe too, because like you have to ask people, like you have to ask the waiter, like, do you, like, can you send this back? Or like, do you know if there's like eggs in the batter? Like, it right. can be so embarrassing for sure too. There's a lot of like Googling of can I eat at this place? Yeah. <laughs> so but it's not that's, super easy. But yeah, you're right on the money. Like we have the internet. Like it's it's a wonderful wonderful tool for that. Like and and it makes it so much easier too. Yeah. Well, the nice thing, like the last like chains are chain restaurants, but like the last few local places that have opened here in town, like they put a vegan thing on the menu. So that's been pretty nice. And like mm -hmm. more places are skipping vegetarian and going straight to vegan, which I. I think is good and makes like money sense for them too. Yeah. So it's yeah. a, yeah, it's a whole like market. So, and I, I like, I'm behind the decision to like do vegan stuff just for purely for money reason. But like, that's part of, that's part of what's going to make, make the idea accessible too. Right. Like I don't eat much of the like manufactured meat product stuff, mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people do and like everybody that buys an impossible burger at uh, Burger King or whatever, like that's a good thing, I guess. So yeah, that's, you know, I started like, like eating pre-made stuff a bunch too. Like I, now that I looking at my fridge now, it's, there's very little of that, very little like packaged stuff. It's mostly just like raw ingredients that I like will become meals later on. Yeah, uh, but so every time I like walk in front of a freezer with like, like you know, ready to eat frozen vegan stuff, I'm like, oh, cool, look at all these. And I'm like, oh, we don't really buy those anymore. Like it's kind of, kind of a bummer. I'm like, oh, I hope they don't like go to waste. Well, if you if you end up on a trip or like camping or something, it's nice that that stuff exists these yeah. days. So, or high. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't, don't know that I get high anymore. But yeah, saying it's legal here. Yeah, <laughs> I I have a friend who is not vegan anymore, but was like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's way easier than when you did this. Like, oh, you, should, for you sure. should really, <laughs> you should try it again. It's it's way, way easier than it was in 2004 or whatever. Yeah. So um, have you had any like family problems or anything that came out of this or like things with like people can get kind of judgy about Yeah about uh, things sometimes so we i think we got really lucky on that we have a very like understanding and caring and like accommodating family too so like uh, and like both our parents are separated so we have like four families to go to christmas dinners every year yeah. so that's a lot of meat but every every time like someone will make at least part of the the meal like just vegan just so we have something we do a lot of cooking for ourselves too that we bring for these things but generally speaking like there hasn't been any judgment uh some questions at first now it's kind of like eh, the elephant in the room that we don't talk about when like most of the thing is vegan but there will also be like this huge bowl of just like chicken drumsticks for like yeah anyone to eat it'll don't like it'll end up only half eaten too like we're really like okay i guess see what's happening here 
but uh yeah. like everyone's nice about it and like nobody our our son our two-year-old almost two-year-old son is completely vegan too he's been since birth and like no one's ever questioned it or been afraid for his health because they know we're like we know way more about nutrition than any of them uh and yeah. they they're, they're aware of that because like i know more about nutrition than i ever did before being vegan because i didn't have to look it up because anything i ate was like, you know it was a thing we eat uh but not, now i know what amino acids are <laughs> yep you get to learn a lot of stuff there are a couple um no meat athlete podcasts about like raising your kids vegan and like how do you do you give them choices and like how do you explain things to them and mm-hmm. um like teach them what healthy food is and like how to deal with them going to school and yeah all of those things so those might yeah. be worth looking up cool so. I'll, I'll definitely look it up because we're not there yet but it's coming it's yep. coming <laughs> the school lunches here are are not very good and um like i i send a lot of lunches for our daughter but like the days that she does eat there it's like all the processed stuff yeah. that most of the world eats and i don't no know kidding <laughs> it doesn't seem like a wonderful yeah thing one of you doing <sighs> One of my grandparents is like has recently been placed in the in the in the house, and like you know she's got some health issues. And then we went there, uh, the whole family to just like it was her birthday, and we went there to eat, and like we all ate at the cafeteria of the house. And oh man, that was the most depressing, <laughs> depressing man you have ever seen. And like just like, well, oh, these people are sick, don't you? You know, and my wife, have. my wife is a psychologist, and her office is at a hospital. And the hospital cafeteria has like the worst foods you could possibly have. Yeah. So, and I think they passed like some council of doctors, like passed some guidelines that like there should be better stuff in hospital cafeterias, but th- this, this stuff is not healthy at all. So yeah. I think it's coming though. I think there's change happening uh, yep. in the hospitals too, but like it'll take time. Like there's lobbies too. Like, like the dairy industry just gives the milk away. Well, I live, um, there's a bridge in my town that goes to Wisconsin, the land of cheese and, and milk. And Iowa is like the most pigs in America or something. So (laughs) happy neighbors. uh, Yeah. It's not, it's not a great place to, to try to be vegan, but I mean, kudos to you, like, like against adversity. Yeah, there there is a group here in town, and actually, it's a lot of the like cyclists and stuff. So, like, if I go on a ride with people, there's usually somebody else in like a I'm vegan bike jersey or a no meat athlete bike jersey mm-hmm. or something like that. So I don't feel like totally alone here. All but, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, but, if you if if you don't mind, how long have you been uh, vegan? Uh I think vegetarian is now like four years, and vegan was is three now. Cool. All right. So, yeah, it it was pretty quick because once the vegetarian thing happened, it was like, well, I don't really like eggs, so mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's that's not hard to get rid of those. And then I think cheese is like the last thing for everybody. Yeah. Um, usually, yeah. it's hard to ditch cheese, and then all the hidden things that are in like hamburger buns and stuff that you don't think about. But um, yeah, like cheese was a little bit, but yeah, it, it wasn't too difficult yeah i think that's the part like like you say like cheese is the part where like if you make the connection with the ethical aspect that's when you 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 more easily ditch dairy i think 
Yeah, like milk was not a big deal for me because I've never been able to drink milk in my life except oh. like strawberry milk that my grandma used to make me. So, yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, cheese, like pizza, like, oh, it's weird to eat pizza without cheese. Mm -hmm. But actually, I eat a lot of pizza without cheese and it's just fine. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's still pizza. Yeah, it's totally fine. And like places have the vegan cheese now, and I'd, I'd rather just not eat that stuff. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all good. No, some of it's okay, but not yeah. a lot of it. So, I guess the only thing I was going to throw in is like my family stuff hasn't been too bad. They, they mm -hmm. say things that are awkward sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, like your dad doesn't eat real food anymore and um, right. <laughs> things like that. But like they generally try to accommodate, but. Like we do host Thanksgiving here every mm -hmm. year and um, everything that we make is vegan. And then my wife's father brings about 20 pounds of meat here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is like the only time there's meat in our house. And so it's, it's a little weird for me, but it's, um, it, I, I get it. Like it's your home. Like it's, it's, it's kind of innovative. Yeah. It's, and I don't know. I haven't cooked meat in a while and it's it's a little weird to have it around, but that's yeah. okay. So mm -hmm. anyway, any other thoughts on this or I think we've talked about this for like 15 minutes or longer now. Yeah, so. I think we we yeah, we managed to talk about it without getting into it like specifically. So I think that's good. We didn't preach too much. We just talked about us. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just want to say that just like you, like yeah, the animal side of it is where I stand now. Like the environmental was the entry point and the like for me the health it's just like an extra cherry on top. Yep. For sure. Um yeah. I'm definitely in way better shape at like forty than I was at thirty. So oh, cool. Well, whatever good, that's yeah, great. Good for you. Whatever that's worth. And we have um do you have a farm sanctuary around you anywhere? There, there is one that we, we, we've been to twice, and now we kind of want to start donating regularly to. It's called the Safe Sanctuary. Okay. Uh, it's uh, here in Quebec. And they're, yeah, they're, I... they, haven't, like, they haven't been around for too long, but are like, quickly expanding. So they kind of need like, boots on the ground to kind of like, help to, to help because they're growing regardless. Yep. Yeah, we have the Iowa Farm Sanctuary, mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's, pretty small but um it's a really cool place and uh, we took the girl scout troop there like they they raised money for the sanctuary last year with their cookie sales oh nice and so we took them there and they had a really good time with the the animals and stuff and yeah it was it was neat to get to do that so and they have a they have a patreon that is one of the only non D, &D patreons <laughs> that i give money to every month oh, so. nice <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I should, maybe I should suggest them to do that too. Yeah, Patreon uh, is a, a good idea to pay some monthly bills for those places. Yeah. Cause... They, they do have an Airbnb, and they rent like part of their house to just yeah. like just because they have a really nice like property too to just like chill on. And then, like, if anyone's still listening up to this point, <laughs> um, if you ever like plan on going to a petting zoo or something, consider going to. Um, like a, a farm sanctuary too, because you'll get the same experience, but you'll like you'll learn about the individuals that are at that place too. Like you'll learn their story. It'll be a more, much more personal experience, and like you're helping out too. Like it's it's for a good cause. Yeah, I think just a couple of things, and we'll end. Is um, 
I think it's definitely superior to the petting zoo experience. So <laughs> like the, the animals are happier and like better cared for. And ev even though they may have like three legs or something like that, because they fell off of a truck and that's how they got like their life's actually better because they fell off of a truck than it would have been. But yeah. Um, and then I'm really good at forgetting my other points. Oh, same. Oh, man. <laughs> I had another point I was going to say about farm sanctuaries, but um, it's gone. So, so maybe sorry. we just maybe we just wrap it up there. Yeah, so. sure. Uh, any 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 last minute uh, D and D question or? <laughs> no, not really. I'm uh, I'm actually. I guess if you wanted to go, if you drop in the the DNR Discord and go to fan projects, you can look at this crazy thing that is uh, Theriacon. And we're, we're trying to talk, uh, I don't know if you know Brian at all. Um, he's seeing Brian on the yes. Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to get Bree or Jamie or Jason to play in his My Little Pony game. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and Bree's, Bree's interested. It depends on how the, the book thing goes in the next month or so. But uh, thing, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, because oh yeah, I guess they're really busy. I think they're very busy doing yeah. that. So mm, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. turn this recording off and Perfect. Uh, all right. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And um yeah, uh hit me up anytime, like and anyone too. Like just, just hit me up on Discord. Facebook I don't really do too much with with like people I don't know, but like feel free to hit me up on on Discord anytime, anyone. Okay. Uh, thanks again, Xavier. Bye. Uh, you're welcome. Have a good night.